0: One, two, three, four. You are listening to Skylit the skylight books podcast skylight books is a general interest bookstore in the los Feliz neighborhood in los angeles you can shop with us from 10 a.m to 10 p.m or visit us online 24 7 at skylightbooks.com follow along at skylight books instagram and twitter you can subscribe to the podcast on podbean itunes and spotify thank you for listening and now on to the episode Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to Skylight. This is the Skylight Books podcast, and I'm your host, Natalie Freeman. Today, we're so thrilled to welcome Melissa Lozada Oliva to talk about her new novel, Dreaming of You. Before I introduce her, I wanted to remind you that Skylight Books is open for in-store browsing, and you can always shop online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Melissa Lozada Oliva is the child of Guatemalan and Colombian immigrants. She co-hosts the podcast, Say More, and is a member of the band, Melly and the Specs. She holds an MFA in poetry from NYU, and her writing has been featured in Remezcla, Paper, The Guardian, The Breakbeat Poets, Volume 4, Wirecutter, Vulture, Bustle, Glamour, The Huffington Post, Muzzle Magazine, The Poetry Project, Audible, and BBC Mundo. She is from Massachusetts and lives in New York City. Thank you so much for being here today, Melissa. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really, I'm (laughs) excited to be in a virtual room with you. Across
0: the country. (laughs) Yes, I am so excited to talk about this novel in verse and whatever other things we'll figure out to call it and I'm so excited (laughs) to to put some names to it because it was so many fun things. Before we start, did you want to read a little something for us? Yeah, sure. Um, Okay.
1: I'm gonna read this poem that is kind of a standalone poem, um, but still kind of has all these themes that are going on in the book about like watching and being watched and putting people on pedestals that they shouldn't be put on. Um, it's called, I'm not a virgin, but it's from, I wrote it initially from the perspective of, of the La in de Guadalupe. Um, and yeah, it's just about like how you wanna be seen when you're loved. I'm not a virgin, but I want to appear to you in sandwiches, water markings on the ceiling, mold above the toilet, patterns in woven baskets, a scatter plot depicting the correlation between people who lick their ice cream and people who bite their ice cream, and whether or not they lie about how many books they've read. I want you to gather strangers around the image of me because you've got to make sure it's me and not a trick your eyes are playing on you and I want the strangers to confirm your vision. I want them to tell tales about me. I want endless products in the shape of me available in delis on the side of the road. I want to be the one Abuelita's light candles beneath, and I want to be the picture on the candle stretched out and replicated. I want to be the one who gets daughters into colleges with full rides, brings the GoFundMe page to completion, gets shoved into the backpack during the big flood, gets hanged from doorknobs and new apartments as a sign of protection, as a sign that whoever lives there is loved. And I want everybody to believe in me eventually, but I want it to be you who finds me, plain as day, blooming among the flowers, shining from the hill, taking shape everywhere I shouldn't, obvious and made of light.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that portion with us. And that, the Virgin de Guadalupe is just one of very many characters in this story. Um, (laughs) And there are so many characters, so many ideas going on. And when I like originally saw the, uh, like read the description of the book, I was like, there's gonna, there's so much going on here. I want to see what it's all about, and uh, it all, it all just, the themes and everything just flowed together so beautifully and organically. Yeah. And so I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about where this idea came from. Um, mm-hmm. For for anyone who, any of our listeners who haven't read the book yet when this comes out, I'm gonna just read uh, the description on the back. So I think that alone will get everybody out to get their copy. But um, Melissa, a young Latinx poet grappling with loneliness and heartache decides one day to bring Tejano pop star Selena Quintanilla back to life. A seance kicks off an uncanny trip narrated by a chorus of gossiping spirits as Melissa journeys through a dead celebrity prom, encounters her shadow self and performs karaoke in hell together Melissa and Selena navigate the consequences of fame and obsession wrestling with the cost of being seen as your truest self which that is exactly what it is about but there are so <laughs> many like things interweaving through there so what kind of yeah. gave you this idea for this story and especially to tell it as a novel in verse which is easily becoming one of my favorite types of novels I've read a few and I love them yeah. a lot. The
1: novel in verse is funny. I think like actually the first novel in verse I read was this book called What My Mother Doesn't Know, which was about Mm -hmm. this like horny teenage girl from Cambridge, Massachusetts, who was just like writing. And I was like, this is so easy to read. And it was. was (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think I um, so initially I had this idea. I keep saying this. Everyone's going to hear me say this, but I. (laughs) Like many millennial Latinas, like dressed up as Selena for Halloween. Absolutely. And one night I went as her to this karaoke place and I put in her song and they didn't call my name. And I was like, this place is so racist. And then I was like, what was that about? And then after that, I had this like um reoccurring, I like image of Selena, like arriving at a halloween party where everyone is dressed up as her and she like looks like the most authentic selena because she is the real (laughs) selena um and so i kind of became obsessed with this like zombie selena and at first when i was writing these i was like she's just like a regular like pet cemetery zombie there's like maggots coming out of her like eyes and and shit um and then like as i was writing it these poems i was also like falling in love very like fast and devastatingly and also my grandfather had just died so um i was like mourning that and i was sort of like dealing with this like point in my career where i wasn't really sure um, like, what I was doing with my life, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, all of these things kind of tied together into, into this thing, and initially, I, I was I wrote it thinking that it was, um, I wrote it very loosely, and then I kind of, like, Frankensteined everything together, um, and my thesis professor, Matthew, Matthew Rohrer, was, like, uh, the problem with novels and verses is that Um, the poems are doing too much work telling the story and they're not able to sing. So I was like, okay, this isn't a novel in verse. This is a rock opera. And it's a rock opera, like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge or American Idiot by Green Day. So there is like a story, but more importantly, the poems can stand on their own and they can sing. Um, And that was very important for me writing it. Um, Well,
0: I can tell you that the poems did sing. Because I, as soon as I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I can't wait to reread this. Like you said, it's so easy to read. I can't wait to reread it a million more times because I could have underlined so many lines, and I'm not an underliner in books. But I was like, I want to write this one down. I want to remember this one. Um, there were so many of them that sang, and uh, I, and you saying the rock opera part explains a little bit of the uh, your cast of characters in the beginning too. Yeah. which I love <laughs> like there's so many there's just so many fun like things in here format wise that were so entertaining um and that still allowed the story to tell itself in a narrative like to have a full narrative structure um mm-hmm. but I was also curious about how you decided to like or the process of drawing the line between this Melissa and you, Um, since your sisters are in it and like Mm -hmm. there's so many things that are like, it. they were so seamless. It could have been you because I don't know you. So it like, I was like, this could be her, but she's very, that was part of the point too, was that when you're being watched and when you're putting yourself out there in this age of internet culture, there's a version of you that people see and when you're writing, wow. especially poems, when you're writing like from your heart and experiences, like are people taking these in as this is exactly what happened in my life and I'm writing about it or how much fiction am I adding to it? So I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about uh, where you decided to draw that fictional line and how, how or why you decided to make this specifically you, Melissa, a young Latinx poet yeah. <laughs> rather than <laughs> someone else. Yeah, I mean I think
1: I so there's um in the cast of characters in the beginning, you know, I introduce everybody. There's Yolanda, Selena, there's a, a mom character, a dad character, the chismosas who are this Greek chorus who are kind who of- I
0: loved them so much. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: um and then like right at the end, I'm Melissa Losada Oliva and I say it's me, it's always been me the whole time. Um and I think like yeah, I I don't know where the line is drawn between me and, and fictional Melissa, but I also like, I mean, this was an argument I, I would have um, with someone I used to date where he would be like, I just can't like be myself around, um, I don't like when I can't be myself. And I was like, I, I never am myself. <laughs> I actually <laughs> don't know what that's like, like I, yeah. I, Code switch a lot and like I adapt very easily. And um, because like I have this like following on the internet, I'm like very aware of like performer Melissa. Um, And I think with fiction, even when the story is like has nothing to do with you, it's coming from a deeply personal place. And so I think that is just like, you know, this isn't me and it is me. Um, I think the Melissa in here is a little slightly more unhinged. Um, (laughs) I don't believe in bringing people back from the dead. I I feel like the lesson is don't do that. (laughs) Um, But I feel like I have gone to an extreme of like, like, you know, I've felt so extremely about like needing about not being able to be seen. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And then how does that and what made you, um, I mean, it's easy to to answer what made you think of Selena in this context because she was watched so Mm -hmm. like aggressively by the public and she was such a huge star. And so when did you, and it could be like when you were younger or a teenager watching her, but when did you kind of decide to have this through line of, her being watched in her way and then bringing her back and her still being watched and connecting that to your feeling of being watched here um Mm. if you want to talk a little bit about that and especially I guess we can bring Yolanda into it there too like Yolanda being watched but never really being seen
1: yeah yeah I mean I think um yeah the thing with Selena is she died so young 23 years old and she but because she died so young she gets to be like captured in this perfect moment where she was like unbelievably beautiful and unbelievably talented unbelievably kind and um we never see what happens like after that she didn't get to age she didn't get to be problematic on the internet she didn't get to be like chuggy on instagram (laughs) Um, and uh, that makes me yeah she didn't get to be like acting like britney spears like posting inspirational memes um and that makes me sad i wish she got to have this like full this full life um and i i think Um, I, there's this like thread in the book between like the U character, which is like capitalized with a Y and Selena, where Melissa is looking at this U character and Selena in kind of the same way, um, which is like not fully realized two-dimensional, um, because we have, when we have a crush on somebody and when we're a fan of somebody, we don't, we don't see all that they can be, um. And so I wanted to, uh, I think it's impossible for me to see Selena um, fully because I didn't know her. I was like three years old when she died, Um, but I still am like living under like the legacy of her like digital umbrella. Um, And she has like affected the way like many Latina millennials like lead their lives, the way like we want to look. At a certain point I realized like I really, my whole life, I've been trying to look like Selena. <laughs> um, and then, if somebody ever says that, it's like the the best compliment ever. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I don't know. She, I, she's so like not like me. So like over here. Um, and also, I like I grew up like watching the movie Selena over and over. And yeah. the memories from that like have so much to do with like me and my sisters and uh, me and my household and like myself. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going around now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we could talk about Selena for a full, there needs to be like full podcast dedicated to dissecting her albums and just oh, like yeah, celebrating yeah. her life. Um, Cause that we could talk about her forever. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about because I thought it was one hilarious um, <laughs> and felt very uh, boomer. And I think you'll note it is is um, the letter from uh, Selena's dad. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, just the like, it like the how you wrote that and like what that part of the um, of the story was for you. But I loved the amounts of question marks and exclamation points. Was one that was fantastic, Um, and it just, I laughed the whole time I was reading it, because I could just imagine a dad, like, writing this angry email to someone on the internet, (laughs) um, so if you want to, if you have any stories about writing that, or, like, how you came up with some of the things that you put in here, um, I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think writing this, I've always been afraid of, like, the wrath of Abraham Kifania, because he has (laughs) such, like, a, I mean, almost, like, a, not a conservatorship because Selena is dead, but just like yeah. to a hold over her estate. Her legacy, I, yeah. He sends like cease and desist to drag queens who impersonate her. It's like really wild. So I was just like thinking about what he would say. <laughs> and thinking <laughs> about stuff like, honestly, my, my dad says to me when he thinks I'm like sharing too much online
0: yeah.
1: about like being a nice girl. And also <laughs> like, um, I don't know, ways that like, uh, you know, whenever I've been doing like brand things, they're like, okay. Like one time I, I almost did this commercial and then I didn't, that was like, you know, your poem, my Spanish is really, um, is really good, but we want it to be more positive. <laughs> and I was like, what, like, what are you, what does that mean? Um. So I think, but also like he's, I'm like afraid of Abraham Kington I'm afraid of all these like industries um, I also want to, like, leave space to be, like, affectionate towards him because he's this, like, yeah. old man mourning his daughter, um, and I think it also, like, that letter ties into all these other themes about, like, internet usage and, like, how to be, I don't know, like, expressing yourself on the internet, um, yeah, and I wanted to, like, find humor in the way this, like, old man <laughs> would do it, <laughs> yeah,
0: and then how, uh... When or how or when did you decide to sort of bring Yolanda into the story and essentially give her, give her her own time in the spotlight a little bit? Yeah. Um,
1: I've always been really fascinated with Yolanda. Um, There's a 60 minute interview with her where she just like really believes that killing Selena was an accident and Um, also I don't know she's I'm not trying to be friends with her (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I think the way that like the Latinx community has talked about Yolanda is still troubling um, especially like as an abolitionist like I don't think anybody should be in jail Um, and also there's all this like people always like "Ah, that she was just like a lesbian who was in love with Selena so there's all this like homophobia around her so I'm really like Fascinated about like what she represents about um, like from like an abolitionist perspective and like a queer perspective like Yolanda, um, and I uh, I wanted she's kind of this like villain in the in the in the story she kind of like fucks things up a little bit, um, but I really um, the first poem that I wrote about her was. Um, Yolanda Saldivar like gets away with it um, and that was initially about like Yolanda Saldivar like leaving the crime scene after she kills Selena and like putting a maid's uniform on because the actress who played Yolanda Saldivar in the movie has played a maid uh, 200 times and I thought that was crazy. Um, That's but insane. I, yeah I know but instead I just have her like break out of prison. Um, yeah yeah. And I don't know. I want to, I'm, I'm like really surprised no one has been more complicated about Yolanda yet. Um, and I know it's cause she's like a murderer, but I think, um, I don't know. I still have, I have this empathy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, she was just, she was in the spotlight. Like she probably felt like she was in the spotlight just as much as yeah. Selena. Like we talked about, you know, being constantly watched, but never being seen mm-hmm. and no one ever asking her about anything except yeah. about Selena.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. And like literally she knew Selena as a fan first and then became yeah. her the manager of her fan club. It's such a strange power dynamic. It's,
0: it's an extremely strange power dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I do have to ask about the chismosas a little bit because yeah. I like, do you, are you a fan of mythology or what how did you decide to bring them in in that sense because I read there I think I got it a little like I got the idea from their character description up at the top but then as we kept going through it, I was like oh they're absolutely the fates and I love this so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know I, l- I
1: really love the she's um I'm uh, I'm really glad that like Initially that was just like me talking in retrospect. And then yeah. um, it was actually, I really have to give credit to my agent, Rachel Kim, cause she was reading over this and she was like, this sounds like more like a Greek chorus. And I was like, oh yes. And then I was thinking of like um, like Metamorphosis by Ovid is like one of my favorite um, like pieces of Greek myth. Um, and I love how Ovid is just like, or Ovid, just this like gossiping guy who just like knows everybody's business. Yeah. And Everybody's business is about like fucking and killing because of the fucking and killing that came before them. Um, And like my, my Tia's are like the most gossipy people. My sisters are the most <laughs> gossipy people. I'm the most gossipy person. Um, I really wanted to have this like, this like intense, like feminine energy, like always like present and and watching, they're like, they're watching this as if they're watching like a telenovela. They're like, and they're, it's like, they're watching it and they're talking over it. (laughs) Um, They're like, uh, yeah, they wanna be the main character. Um, But also there's this like lovingness that they have towards Melissa and the reader. And that there's this like tenderness. It's like, I know everything about you. And also like, I got you because I know everything about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other, uh, you mentioned um, What My Mother Doesn't Know as a novel in verse that you enjoyed and kind of introduced you to the the sort of concept. Are there any others that you have read and enjoyed or something that like you'd want to see in that expanding genre? Um, uh,
1: I don't know. I haven't like, it's so weird. I, I, I guess I'm just like in this genre now and I didn't mean
0: Yeah. To- <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but I really didn't that was like literally the only novel and verse I know of I think out of everything like like the music of my youth inspired this um yeah. for some reason after 9-11 there were like many rock operas by angsty white men um all about people like going into hell um <laughs> like uh Hot Fuss by the Killers <laughs> Yeah. um so i think i i just like listened to those and i was like okay like what's going on here um what's going on with character here and like also yeah what about this like time period in the world is making people like want want that um
0: yeah
1: and i feel like we're living in maybe i mean it's not yeah we're in this like pandemic world we need something that is like um more easy to digest (laughs) yeah something
0: not as aggressive and
1: patriarchal
0: for one just being yeah exactly
1: (laughs) I mean honestly it's also like traditional like um like a Greek chorus and a novel that's like the most ancient form of poetry yeah if we're looking at it from like a western gaze like yeah
0: and then what what do you want to like so you like you said you've now sort of inserted yourself into this genre, which is great, because it is such a fun genre. I feel like it's a way to get people who, a lot of times people are like, I don't, I don't get poetry, or I can't read poetry, because I just, it doesn't feel accessible to people, and this Mm -hmm. feels extremely accessible. Do you think that it will maybe, like, get more people to uh, give poetry a chance, if it's got a little (laughs) bit more of a a structure to it that they feel like they're following something.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's like a, it's a really good gateway into Mm -hmm. writing poetry. Um, And I think there is something grabbing about like, oh, what is going to happen next? I have to like turn it And like in a normal book of poetry, they are, you know, organized specifically and thematically, but it isn't like, ooh, like... (laughs) Is <laughs> she going to bring someone back from the dead? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I really, I'm a, I'm a fan of the novel in verse. I'm still like, I'm still letting myself believe that this is a novel in verse, <laughs> it's funny. I, no, it, abso- yeah,
0: it absolutely, yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, it, it totally is, it reads that way. It's got, you know, all the, it's got so many things. It's a rock opera, it's a novel in verse, it's <laughs> a book of poetry. It's all of these fun things. It's a Greek epic, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, it is so much fun. I love a book that I can't explain to someone that you just have to, you have uh, to read it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I say like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You just have to read it and you're going to enjoy it. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you. <laughs> you're very welcome. It was, yeah, it was so much fun. And is there like, now that you've kind of bounced from poetry and expanded a little bit, are there other things that you wanna write or other projects that you want to explore and play around with? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm
1: like messing around and seeing like how this would look like as a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the screen writing world, which is kind of like the poetry world and that like, there's like, uh, it's very, uh, the economy of words.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm also writing some short stories um, and everything I'm writing is sort of like on the same theme, like borderline, like disturbing, funny, um, dealing with complicated women, dealing with uncomfortable truths. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I I would like to do next. Yeah.
0: And is there, I love to ask people what they're reading right now. What are some things that you've been reading or people's work? not even just uh reading but like any art or music or other things that have really been lighting your imaginative fire
1: yeah um I just finished Eileen by Otessa Moshbeg and mm-hmm. I really I have been meaning to read it forever and I finally did I love that she wrote it like after she read like how to write a novel in 90 days because it's yeah. like, like a standard like Three act structure, mm-hmm. um, and it's so like freaky and weird, and it's such strong character, and it's funny and uh, disturbing. Um, I really love that. I recommend. I recommend it. I recommend it for like teachers to teach. I would teach that book. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I've been. I've been listening a lot to this artist Indigo D'Souza, um, and she is really like a brilliant songwriter, and I've been. Yeah. I'll write some stuff to her, to her, um, to her album. It's so good. And then I think Mm -hmm. next, I'm going to read this book called Night Bitch. Uh,
0: Rachel Yoder. Uh, Yes. Yeah, we, that has been sitting on our shelves. We did an event with her. It is, uh, it is on my list as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to think, I don't want to give anything away. I I don't want to, I'm, I'm like, I don't wanna give anything away and I could just ask you about so many uh, different lines and things. Um, oh, maybe you could you could tell me and if it's either, uh, and maybe this is a poetry thing that you'll do a little educating on, but these, which our readers won't be able to see. But uh-huh, yeah, the contrapuntal. <laughs> okay, so they're in two columns uh-huh. and whenever I come across these in poetry I read them three times yeah um yeah I read them top to bottom left column top to bottom right column and then from left to right all the way across yeah um and what did you call them a contrapuntal a contrapuntal so Mm -hmm. much fun could you could you give me a little mini like lesson on these on how Uh, they come about and I would love that because I love them so I love them so much. They're so complicated, but not in an, not in a, um, really unapproachable hungry. way. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine yeah. they're so difficult to write. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about them.
1: Yeah. Um, so the contrapuntal, you pretty much described exactly what it is. It's like <laughs> two poems side by side that can be read as one poem together. Um, and they're, I found like that form very useful. I use it twice in this book, Mm -hmm. one in a poem called You and Me Don't Talk Anymore and another one called Yolanda and Selena Don't Talk Anymore. Um, And it's just very useful for, um, to like show duality and to show a conversation between two people. Um, And I also, because yeah, the constraint of that form is really difficult because you have to make, one sentence like easily bleed into the other and also stand like chopped up on its own. Yeah. Um, I, I taught myself how to do it by reading, we were reading in class at NYU, um Jess's Olio, and that uh-huh. book is like all contrapuntals. It's yeah. like contrapuntals that you can read from not only like side to side and together, but from bottom up. Yeah. Um, So that is, I don't think you can do that with, with mine really, but I was like, okay, this guy's the master. So I like, if you want to like learn how to do one, (laughs) read, read his stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm very proud of those. They took so much time. They took a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I can imagine. I, I really loved, uh, Yolanda and Selena don't talk anymore. Um, it was because it, it is like I I like how you described it as being able to kind of make space for that duality because mm-hmm. they they mean it really is two sides of a story when you do it that way and then you get a third sort of almost outside story yeah when you read it all the way through um yeah. would you uh would you want to read that one for us as a little yeah, I would love to a little closer. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would love that yeah. especially to hear and I love poetry reading too. Getting to hear the, um, like every all the breaks and where yeah, you, especially with this. This will be. This will be so much fun. Yeah,
1: this is my favorite one. Um, I also had to like fight to get the format right because it was was like this This is the only way you can read it. Um, So I'm like, yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is called Yolanda and Selena Don't Talk Anymore. I'm gonna read Yolanda's side first on the left. I stopped you just in time. Now you'll be remembered. They'll never hear me sing. Most of the time, I'm a villain or a lesbian. Jealousy reveals a Polaroid of the woman I am not. When I called you a bitch and shot you, what I meant was love. I just didn't want you to go. In another life, I am someone I can be proud of, the face you see in the moon. In another life, you want to love me. We are on the road going 85, playing a tape with only two songs. My arm is around your shoulder and we are wasting time like water. You're breathing in my ear. This is Selena's side. To dream about love for all eternity. That's why death isn't so bad. I like to think I've been pretty lucky for all my life. I'm a saint who loved too hard, trusted too deeply. A prayer whispered violently, a letter stained with fear. I heard fans cheering. Their hands came together because they loved me. My heart was once the shape of a pink fist before it turns blue. I was brain dead before I was a headline. In this dream, I am a wife and a mother, a woman who says yes. I'm marinating steak and when you want to bite, I let you. Somewhere far away, I am on a loop and I can't stop smiling. I am still alive and everyone is watching, an entire country singing in my ear. Uh, And this is them together. I stopped you just in time to dream about love. Now you'll be remembered for all eternity. That's why they'll never hear me sing. Death isn't so bad. I like to think I've been pretty most of the time, lucky for all of my life. I'm a villain, I'm a saint or a lesbian who loved too hard, trusted too deeply. Jealousy reveals a prayer whispered violently, a Polaroid of the woman I am not, a letter stained with fear. When I called you a bitch, I heard fans cheering. Their hands came together and shot you because they loved me. What I meant was my heart was once the shape of love, a pink fist before it turns blue. I just didn't want you to go. I was brain dead before I was a headline In another life In this dream, I am someone I can be proud of. I am a wife and a mother, the face you see in the moon, a woman who says yes. In another life, I'm marinating steak and when you wanna bite, you want to love me, I let you. We are on the road going 85, somewhere far away, I am playing a tape with only two songs on a loop and my arm is around your shoulders and I can't stop smiling. We are wasting time like water. I am still alive and everyone is watching. You're breathing an entire country, singing in my ear.
0: Thank you so much for reading that. It was so much fun. I'm so I'm so glad that you had this crazy Selena karaoke moment that led to this, <laughs> this novel in verse. Yeah, um, because it it really is like it was such a it was such a joy to read, and I have so many um, friends, specifically like Selena fans, uh, like who grew up watching the movie and like idolized her that I know will love this like there's a specific subset of people who are going to like (laughs) book club this forever (laughs) and also like it's just going to be the same book club book um but there's also so many like I have some like so many people I can't wait to recommend it to um and I'm so glad that you could join us today to chat about it
1: yeah Um, thank
0: you for chatting with me about it Yes, I'm, it was such a pleasure, and for any of our listeners who are looking to get their copy, they can get their very own copy of Melissa Lozada Oliva's Dreaming of You at skylightbooks.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to
1: the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com, and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.